ministry so that it would work anytime, anywhere, and that's the message that I had to learn. It would work at any any state, anywhere, under any conditions. It would work if I was preaching to the Navajo, or it would work if I was preaching to the Spanish. It would work if I was preaching in a small church. It would work if I was preaching in a big church. It didn't make any difference. It would work wherever the Word of God was spoken. And so I asked myself the question, why? And I find the answer in the fail-proof ministry of Jesus Christ. Now I want to take you back to my scripture for just a minute and say this to you. If you therefore receive Christ, walk in Him. Why? Because in Him is a fail-proof ministry. Now today I'm going to show you why that ministry is fail-proof. Tonight I will show you on Facebook why and how that ministry survived every step of the way where the devil himself was fighting directly against him once he went to the cross. And how the ministry could have had the opportunity to fall by the wayside, but it never did. And the result of that is found in Colossians 2 and 9. Because in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now I want to show you the ministry of Jesus Christ. And I want to then let you see how Jesus did it. Did you know that there was never one thing that Jesus encountered that he didn't overcome? Not one thing. It didn't make any difference what it was. When he looked at water and water was in the pots, something happened that changed that water into wine. When he looked at the nobleman's son who was sick, Something happened that changed the nobleman's son from sick to well. When he looked at the man with leprosy, the, the worst disease you could imagine, how come Jesus never had any issue in dealing with the leper? How come he was never afraid to reach out and touch a leper? How come 10 of them would come to him and it did not even throw, didn't, didn't bother him a drop? Why? What was the genesis of this ministry that made Jesus know that no matter what he was to encounter, even to death, that he had a ministry that was absolutely fail-proof. It could not fail. It absolutely was going to accomplish whatever it was he spoke. Fail-proof. What a great thing to know. We're all looking for that today. We're looking for jobs that are fail-proof, that, that there'll be nothing about our economy that'll throw you off. That's why I went into special education. They told me, as long as there is education, you'll have a job if you go into special education because there's always going to be special needs children. So what did I do? I went into a fail-proof job. What happened? I used that job all over the country. Even when I was coaching at the collegiate level, I was the special education consultant to our school. Before Sharon and I got married, I was offered a job teaching special programs at the collegiate level, and they would pay for my doctorate. I chose Sharon over that. I think I made a good decision. Amen? <laughs> but fail-proof, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for things that have the opportunity to succeed. 
We're looking for things that we can absolutely know that from day to day to day to day, this is going to work. But the ministry of Jesus Christ with respect to the church does not seem to be so. It doesn't seem that the church has the same power and authority that they did as even uh, from the 60s, 70s, and 80s of the 1900s. It doesn't seem today that the church has the ability to execute the greater works that Jesus Christ said we would do. The question is why? Why do we not have that? Has God changed? Well, the Word of God said that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. He's never changed his idea. But man has changed. Just look down here in verse 8. He said, beware. Beware of what? That any man spoil you and try to bring his own intellect into it. So what do we have in preaching right now? We've got a social gospel. We've got a self-help gospel. We've got all kinds of gospels that do not reflect any power, that don't reflect any presence, that don't need any presence, because what they're doing is they are spoiling your mind through their intellectual philosophy that you're just not your best you yet. How stupid. How ignorant can we be to sit and listen to such spoiling gospel that is a philosophy of an intellectual ideology? The truth of the matter is, my friend, that these traditions and philosophies of men have driven us away from the power and the presence of God. We're no longer walking with Him. Therefore, we no longer see the ministry of Jesus Christ in its fail-proof measure. Why? Because we have chosen a cheaper and an easier religious ideology. And we've left Christ in the process. But Jesus had the answer and we simply refuse and reject what Jesus Christ did, how he did it, why he did it, and the means by which he did it. We reject that. We don't want it. We want quiet. We want piety. We want reverence. We want to hear a preacher that stands behind the pulpit and pulls his message up over his eyes and reads it off a paper. And that message is one that tells us how to get better and how to be a better person, and how to get along with the world better, and how to affirm better, and how to be more diverse, and how to operate in a love of God of which they don't understand, they don't know, and nor do they reflect in its correct accountability. So here we stand and we look at Jesus. How did Jesus do it? My friend, he did it very simply. He did it very easily. And he opened the door for you to do it too. Now these are truths. You can't get over them. You can't get around them. You can't get under them. You can only go through them. How did Jesus do it? When he saw the water and when he saw the sick and when he saw the hungry and when he saw the man come through the roof, how did he do it? The Bible tells us how he did it. And Jesus turned around and told us how you would do it. There is a fail-proof ministry 
that is here for you and me and for the church world if we would stop rejecting the means, the portions, and the measures from which it flows. Jesus said these words. He said, I only do what I see my father do. Well, there's a fail-proof method. There's a way to do it. If I only do what I see my father do, then I can't fail because I've watched him already produce. Jesus said, I only say what my father said. There's a fail-proof method. I won't fail if I'm saying the same thing my father said. Jesus said, whenever I come up against something, what am I listening for? I'm listening for what my father said. What am I looking for? I'm looking for what my father did. And if I find those two things, then I'm going to have a fail-proof ministry. So there was nothing that came in front of Jesus Christ that he could not overcome, that he would not be stronger than or be greater than, because in essence, it was not him. It was his father. Oh, listen now. It was not him. It was his father. So when Jesus encountered leprosy, sickness, death, water, when he stood by the lake and encountered a fish in the water that he wanted out, he did not encounter him. He encountered him because his father had encountered him. And when his father spoke, what did he do? He simply spoke again. Now watch where it all comes down to where the rubber meets the road. So when the father spoke, now friend, I want to tell you something. For years I used to say, God, I don't know how you expect me or anybody else to do the things Jesus did. I don't understand why Jesus would say greater works are you do than I do. The works that I do, you'll do. And even greater works than that will you also. I don't understand that because I'm not Jesus. Then I began to look in the Word and I found out the fail-proof method. I found out how he did it. And if I can find out how he did it, then I can absolutely reproduce it. But I have to know how he did it. So Jesus is standing here in front of any one of a number of issues. Let me tell you what those issues may be. They may be back problems. They may be knee problems. They may be emotional problems. They may be heart problems. They may be lung problems. They may be liver problems. Any one of a collective measure. It doesn't matter where it is or what it is. Whatever it is that he stood in front of, this is what we're talking about here. We're not talking about something over here that, that is, does not have a reflection upon the people of whom he is ministering to. Whatever Jesus stood in front of in the people is what Jesus ministered to. And it made no difference. If they were blind, he had an answer for it. If they had leprosy, if they were sick, if they were even dead, he had an answer for it. If they were lost in sin, he had an answer for it. If they came through the roof, he had an answer for it. Didn't matter what it was he touched. Didn't matter where it was, it was he went. And that sounds like what well, you would say, but he was God in the flesh. Ah, uh, let me think about it. No, 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 no. That is not the answer. 
His fail-proof ministry was not because he was God in the flesh. And the reason I know that is, is because he told me and you that we could do and how to do it. And we simply dig our heels in and say, no, 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 let me stay sick. Let me stay broke. Let me stay poor. Let my spirit man just be saved. That's all I want. I just want to go to heaven when I die. I don't want to go to hell. That's I, I just no, 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 my friend. Jesus Christ has given you the answer about how to operate in a fail-proof ministry, and the world is rejecting it and going to hell because of it. Well, what's the answer, preacher? Well, did you remember when the Holy Spirit sat upon him? Why did the Holy Spirit sit upon Jesus? What was the purpose of that? So that he could have a fail-proof ministry. Huh? You mean it wasn't because he was the Son of God? The Holy Ghost sat upon Jesus Christ so that he could have a fail-proof ministry. Now watch what happened. The Father would speak. Jesus said it. He said, as though as I see my father, do I do? As I hear my father say, I do. So the father is operating in Jesus. Jesus then becomes the conduit of what he has both seen and heard. Now when he speaks and says, yes, I'll heal you. Yes, I'll forgive you. Rise up, come out. As virtue goes out of him, as he is ministering to his world, as he looks over the 5,000 that are hungry, lost, dying, sick, diseased, and the Spirit, he speaks out of himself what the Father has said and what the Father, remember that this same Father led all of the children of Israel through the desert and around the mountain and showed them a... a uh, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night and fed them with manna. Certainly God could look out over 5,000 measly Jews and find a way to feed them. Surely he could. So Jesus listens to what the Father has said. And he begins to speak. And as he speaks, something happens that made the ministry fail-proof. Now, I'll take you back to Genesis 1, and you'll see it there. What do you see in Genesis 1? You see the Son of God, the man in the Godhead, speak into a world that was without form and void. And the Holy Spirit comes on the scene, and He begins to reproduce what the Creator, the one that was in the beginning with God, the one that was God is speaking out of his mouth. And all of a sudden, over a six-day period, the world and everything in it is reproduced specifically as the word that was God, that was with God, and is God. Begins to, as he spoke it, he reproduced it until it became absolutely perfect. And God looked at it and said, that's good. Remember that? Now Jesus is walking here among earth. We know that Jesus was not only the word, 
We know he was eternal. We know he was creator. We know all of the ten facts about who Jesus was. He's personal. He's life. He's light. He's illumination. He's salvation. He's glory. He's grace and he's truth. We know all of that. But in all of that, there had to be a reproducer. If there were no reproducer, then there would be no work. He showed us that in Galatians chapter 1. So the Holy Spirit being in him, the Father operating from his inner man, speaks and Jesus begins to speak out words and the Holy Ghost begins to operate. And the next thing you know, when he says you're healed, he reproduces healing in you. The Holy Ghost is reproducing what Jesus has said. Now that sounds great. But Jesus said you and me would do the same thing in John 16. He said you and me would hear words from the Holy Spirit who would not speak of himself, but would only speak, now watch it now, of what he said. And would show you things to come because he will take of mine and give it to you. A fail-proof ministry. Right there is a fail-proof ministry. You cannot fail if you will walk in the Holy Spirit. You cannot fail if you will live in the Holy Spirit. Where you will fail is if you go to the cross and you stay there and you only take the ministry of the Holy Spirit in forgiveness of your sin. Where you will fail if you, if, you, if you only go to the tomb. And in the tomb you only get the fruit of the Spirit. Where you begin to walk in love, joy, peace, goodness, gentleness, kindness, meekness, faith, and love. Where you will only walk in what the flesh has died to. Where you will fail is if you fail to be delivered with the keys of death and hell and the plunder out of hell that will minister to your talents and abilities. Where you will fail is if you fail to go and become a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Where you will fail is if you fail to become operative in his lordship. Where you will fail is if you stop going to the place of the Godhead where the Father's promise is released to you. Then you stand to fail if you will allow the Holy Ghost to reproduce the works of Jesus. Now look back at my text. He said, as ye have therefore received Jesus Christ, the Lord. Notice that. Who is Jesus? He is the one who died on the cross. He is the one who was buried in the tomb. Who is Christ? He is the victorious and the anointed one who was resurrected from the dead. As being resurrected from the dead, he comes out of there with an anointing. And that anointing is an anointing of deliverance. What's he delivering you from? He's delivering you from every addiction. He's delivering you from every sickness. He's delivering you from every issue. He's delivering you from every family and domestic problem. He is the completely anointed one who has come out of the grave and delivered you and the keys of death and hell and has said to you the door of those old things are locked. You don't have to worry about them anymore. Oh, think about that. The door to sickness is locked. The door of your old past is locked. The door of your 
problems in life, your struggles, your trials, your torment, they're locked. I've locked the gate, my friend. If anything ever goes back into hell, he will cast it there. And they will not go through the gate as they had before. Now out of hell he comes delivered. He walks in now to the high priest where he sprinkles blood and where there he sanctifies you and calls you brethren. You can't fail if you walk in this ministry. You can't fail if you walk in this ministry. Listen to what I'm telling you. You can't fail. But you will fail if you fail to walk where Jesus walked. You'll fail if you fail to go there. You go to the cross and stay there, let me tell you what you've done. You've gone to the last and only earthly thing that Jesus did. I want you to think about that now. Just, just stop and ponder that. You will go to the earthly thing that Jesus did. In the earthly thing, He healed you from sin. He forgave you. Now, we've taught this for years, that in the cross is divine physical healing. And I'm not sure that's the case. I'm not sure that's the case. What I know is that in his lordship, everything that has a knee bows. So that means that if you have an a issue with your mind, with your liver, heart, lungs, knees, joints, if you have an issue, and I bring that plunder of my physical issues to his lordship, he is the exalted Lord. And when I say my knee is hurting me, Lord, that knee has to bow in the presence of Jesus Christ. What is it bowing to? To what God created it to be. God did not create you to have knee problems. God did not create you to have joint problems. Someone said, yeah, pastor. And I said this the other day. You know, I was an athlete all my life. And so my joints have probably taken an extra pounding that maybe they shouldn't have taken. Well, I want to tell you something. God knew when he made me what I was going to be. And God knew not only when he made me what I was going to be, but God knew how long I was going to need my joints to support me. So if I take my joints, even as hard as I've been on them, and I bring them as plunder to his lordship, and out of his lordship, what happens? My knees bow. Why? Because it's a fail-proof ministry. Why? Now watch this now. Because in his lordship, he is speaking through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is reproducing in me what it is that his lordship is taking his exalted force over. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, in my name, after I have been named Lord, you are going to cast down demons. You're going to speak with new tongues. Nothing outside you is going to hurt you. Nothing inside you is going to hurt you. And everybody you lay hands on is going to recover. Now listen, that sounds great, except we got to finish. He said, and the Lord, the Lord, the exalted almighty Jesus Christ, Look at the scripture, who is Lord is going to confirm his word with signs that follow. Where are the signs coming from? Now that's a question you've got to answer. Where are the signs coming from? Who is going to develop, create, and disseminate, and associate 
what has been spoken in his lordship and bring them out in signs. The reproduction is always going to happen because of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus' ministry is fail-proof. He can't fail. Now, if he said that he can't fail because he's speaking what he saw his father say and what he heard his, uh, saw his father do and what he heard his father say, and he is turning to you and me in John 16, uh, around verse 13, and saying, whenever this Holy Spirit comes to you, he's not going to speak of himself. No, he's only going to speak what I say. And he's going to show you things to come. And he is going to give you things that are mine. What is he saying then, friend? He's saying that you and you and you and you and you can live in a fail proof ministry. Why? Because I followed Jesus Christ, my Lord. I'm not following intellectual fables. I'm not going around listening to stupid. I'm not listening to those who would say, he doesn't do that anymore. He doesn't operate like that anymore. He doesn't think like that anymore. Show it to me in the word of God. Show it to me. I dare you. Show it to me. And someone said, now you know that Paul said that this would pass away and that would pass away when the perfect is come. My friend, the perfect has not yet come. Knowledge is still abundant. We have not gone off to be in glory today. We're still living here in the flesh. So there is no secession of what the Holy Ghost has done. There is no secession of the power of God. There is dumb and dumber. That's where we live. We are living, making the Word of God to be a lie. How can we do that? Because we don't know it and we don't understand it. Look at the Word. He said, as ye have therefore received, received Christ Jesus the Lord. Notice, from the cross to the tomb, he was Jesus. After the deliverance, he became the anointed Christ. Now the next place you see him is as Lord. We know that there was something that happened between the deliverance of the resurrection and him being called Lord. That was him becoming the high priest. So Paul is not leaving out any steps. As a matter of fact, he writes the book of Hebrews in reference to that priesthood. My friend, the only reason we're not living where we should live is because we die for lack of knowledge. That's where we are. We die for lack of knowledge. We die for lack. Now watch it now. Ephesians 2 and 8 said, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself, but it's the gift of God. So faith, even, is a gift of God, whereby we can pull out, activate out of the heavens all of the things that would help us to be, look at verse 7, rooted and built up in Him. Now look at that word. Rooted and built up in him. Think about what he's saying. Can we go to the cross and find holiness in the cross? Can we go to the cross and locate holiness? Because the word of God said, without holiness, no man shall see God. 
Can we locate holiness in the cross? My friend, can't find it. We can find forgiveness. We can find healing of our spirit. We can find the ability for us to come into the domain of the blood. We can find the ability to walk in grace, but we cannot find holiness in the cross. Why not? Because the cross is a place of death. Life does not begin to be generated until the tomb. Because there our spirit man is preserved. In the tomb, we take on the new fruit of the spirit. Our flesh dies, Paul said in Galatians 2.20. For we are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ liveth in me. See here? So when we get to the tomb, something dramatic is changed. We no longer live after the wants and the lusts and the affections, affections of our heart. Look at what he said. He said, walk in him. And when you do walk in him, you will be rooted and built up. What will happen? Your gift of faith will be established. Your gift of faith will be established. My friend, God has given us a fail-proof ministry. We've turned our nose up at it and we've said we don't want it. We don't want it. We would rather accept the fables of men. We would rather accept the intellectuals. We would rather go into our commentaries and say, well, whatever they say in the commentary, that must be the answer. We would rather read out of uh, 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 that guy what jo that wrote about Josephus, Josephus, that wrote that big volume of stuff. I've read that some of that. And I, I tell you what, after about two or three paragraphs of that, it's about all that I can stand. What I want to live under is the fail-proof ministry of Jesus Christ, the way Jesus Christ said he would do it. Now, Jesus Christ said, in my ministry, this is how I did it. I did it because the Father spoke in me. I spoke the words out and the Holy Ghost reproduced it. Then he turns around to John 16 and says that you will minister the same way. That's how you're going to do it. You're going to walk in the Spirit of God. Now, someone said to me, wait a minute now, because i got to get this clear and then I'm going to be done. Someone said to me, well, now, Pastor, you know that when we got saved, we got everything in the Holy Ghost we ever needed. Came by. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7. What's it say? For the gift of grace is equal to the measure of the gift of Christ Jesus. What's the measure mean? What's the measure mean? It means portion. It means portion. So as we break down three parts, we break down the works and the acts of Jesus Christ, the operation of the plan of salvation, and the reproduction of the Holy Spirit. These three things. Here's what we see. The act of Jesus Christ on the cross brought about the operation of salvation that was for healing. And you got forgiven. And what happened? The Holy Spirit reproduced in you a spirit man that would be in direct communication with the work, the action of what Jesus did. He died to forgive you of your sin. Now then, that portion comes, and you are now structured to be a new man, but you're not done yet. What must happen now? Well, he went to the cross, so if you're going to so walk ye in him, you're going to have to go to the tomb too. Why are you going to go to the tomb? Because there you're going to lay off that physical body.
You're going to take on the nine fruit of the Spirit. And there's going to be a new measure of the Holy Spirit reproduced in you. And the trait of that is going to be what? The fruit of the Spirit. Then you're going to not stop there because Jesus didn't stop there. If you stop there, you will be saved and you will be working hard to lay off the flesh and it ain't going to happen. And you're going to struggle with it the rest of your life. You're going to struggle. You're going to go through this flesh problem struggling with my thoughts, struggling with my deeds, struggling with my actions. Why? Because you haven't followed Jesus. What's next? You go to the tomb, and then you go to the resurrection. You go into the depths of hell where you bury with him your body. You bury every sin, and the sin nature buries in that region of the damned. What do you come out with? A new clothing. What is that clothing? It's called the robes of righteousness. How did it happen? Because the Holy Spirit reproduced in you what he did in Jesus Christ. So if I got everything I needed when I got saved, but I didn't go to the tomb, I didn't get it all. If I got everything I needed when I went to the tomb and I didn't go to the region of the dam, I didn't get it all. I got to keep following Jesus. That's my point. If I'm going to have a fail-proof ministry, I've got to keep following Jesus. Without following Jesus, my friend, I stand on the cusp of vulnerability. To what? The common things of man. I'm vulnerable to the common things of man. But watch what the Word of God said, and then you'll see this. But... With every temptation, he has made a way of escape. What is that way of escape, Pastor? Follow Jesus. Well, I'm trying to follow Jesus. But unless you're willing to follow him from the cross to the tomb to the resurrection and put on robes of righteousness and walk out of there with the plunder of hell <coughs> where that you are now operating after his righteousness, because it is his force that made you righteousness, righteous according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20 and 21. It is his work that has made you righteous, then you haven't followed Christ. This is a must if you're going to live in a fail-proof ministry. This is an absolute. Why do I say it? Look at the scripture. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk ye in Him. It seems pretty simple to me. So walk ye in Him. So let's see what we've learned to walk in today. Number one, we've learned to walk in the same fashion and form that Jesus used to produce. What is that? He produced by what He heard in His spirit, man. What he spoke out of his mouth that activated the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit then began to reproduce the words of Jesus in the lives of people. What else have we found out? We found out that if we're going to live in that fail-proof ministry, we have to follow Jesus every step of his way. We have to go to the cross with him. We have to go to the tomb with him. We have to go into the resurrection with him because if we don't, we will never come out with new clothes. We will never lay off those old garments. 
We'll never put down the garment of sin. We'll never put down the garment of sickness. We'll never put down the garment of disease. We'll never put down the garment of poverty. We'll never put down the garment of brokenness. We'll never put down the garment of being bruised and blinded. And we'll never put down the garment of bondage until we come out with Jesus. When we come out with Jesus, we put on a new robe. Now, how did that robe happen? Because the Holy Ghost reproduced what Jesus did in us. My friend, the cross is the only work that we can see in the natural. We can see, we can see it. But every other work is a spiritual work. How do you know you got saved? You can't see it. You just know because you're producing something different. And the life of Christ is being reproduced in you. How's it happening? By the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not done, but I'm finished. Now, I want to tell you, my friends, our lives have become trivial by our intellectual foolishness. Our spiritual lives have become trivial by our intellectual foolishness because we have been taught that we can make on our own ourselves to be something just because we can think it. We've been taught foolishness. Paul is very clear. I'm going to read my text for you and then we're going to pray. As ye therefore receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Now watch it now. Rooted. Where did you get rooted? At the cross. That's where it all began. Where did you get built up in him as you followed him in every step of his walk all the way until he became the man in the Godhead bodily? What happened as you were built up? You became established in the faith. Now, when you get established in the faith, you will find out that grace is much bigger than favor. How do I know it? Because Paul told the Romans in Romans 12 and 3, by the grace that is given to me, According to the grace that is given to me. Is there anybody in here who can say that the ones Paul was writing to had the deepest understanding of grace as Paul did? No, no, no. Couldn't be. Couldn't be. Paul was saying to them there's a deeper. And then Paul goes on to use two terms. He said there's more grace and there's greater grace. So my friend. If you get yourself established in this thing, you'll find out that where there is the gift of grace, there is the greater portion of Jesus Christ. That's what I want you to see today. And if you will come into the greater, deeper portion, the deeper measure, you will live in a fail-proof ministry. Why? Because Jesus Christ is going to speak through the Holy Ghost. You're going to speak. And out of your mouth is going to come things that are glorifying Him, that belong to Him, and they are reproduced by your mouth. And all of a sudden, lives change. Your life change. Your finances change. Your bodies change. Your marriage changes. Your children's change. You become prosperous. You become blessed. Your job wants to take you from where you are and put you into a greater position. How come? Because you have walked in Him and been rooted and built up and established in His faith as ye have been taught. This is Paul teaching. Don't listen now, look at verse 8. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Don't listen to that. 
after the tradition of men, the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. What you're going for, what you're living for, what you're striving for, is to dwell in the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's where you're headed. How come? Because you're interested in a fail-proof ministry. Bow your head and close your eyes. Now, Father, I preach truth today. I preach truth to your people. God, in their heart right now, some question, some probably deny, some reject. And your word declares that would be so because as the broadcaster spreads its seed, only 25% of it falls on ground of which it can grow. Father, I'm asking out of this room, as I have broadcasted seed, that you will open hearts to receive. And I don't know who that 25% is, God. I'm asking you, Father, that in this crowd and on this media, that there be many, many, many more percent who will hear the Word of God and will desire to live in a fail-proof ministry. Who will be willing to accept the Word of God, to study it out and see truth. That we have been given the ministry of Christ in portions, in a measure. And the deeper we go, the more of the measure we get. May their minds be open. May their hearts be moved. May in them spark the Holy Spirit to reproduce what I have spoken today. Now God, that's my prayer. That as I have spoken these words in their heart, you will begin to reproduce your spirit. You'll reproduce the words in them that I've said. That is the plan of a fail-proof ministry. That you will allow their heart to open, to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit as He is trying to reproduce in them what I've preached, what the Word of God has shared. Holy Ghost, reproduce in them. Reproduce in them. Reproduce in them. Holy Spirit, reproduce the actions of Jesus. For as I prayed today, I ask you, Jesus, to speak. And I promised you that I would release. Now I'm asking you to reproduce in them your word. Reproduce in them your actions. Cause their heart to be so stirred by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that they must say, Glory, glory. Worthy is the Lamb who is reproducing himself in me, taking from himself and giving it to me. 
Now, if he's reproducing in you today, I want you to stand to your feet and raise your hands and say, Lord, reproduce in me. Reproduce truth in me, Father. Reproduce your spirit in me, Father. Father, reproduce in me so that I can have that ministry of which you promised. You gave it to me, Father, and I take it. I hear it. I believe it. I receive it. It belongs to me. It's mine. I am going to reproduce and be reproduced after the actions of Jesus Christ. I take it. Lift your hands now. Lift your hands and worship Him. Lift your hands and worship Him. Lift your hands and worship Him. Some of you are being reproduced right now in healing. You're being reproduced right now in healing. Healing is being reproduced in you by the Holy Spirit right now while I speak. Healing is being reproduced in you. Healing is being reproduced in that part of your body that must be touched. That part of your body that has aggravated you. Because you have come now past the cross. And you have moved into the healing place. The, the divine place of ministry where the Holy Ghost is touching your body. And revealing Himself to you. And reproducing your body back to being what it was that God made it to be. He is touching you. He is moving in you. Receive it right now. I sense in my spirit and speak it out of my mouth. That divine healing is being reproduced in your body. As I speak these words, take it right now in Jesus' name. His Lordship is speaking healing out of His mouth today. And you are being made well. Glorify His name. Glorify His name. He is Lord and there is no one above Him. The exact exaltation of Jesus Christ has been brought into your body and rejoice in that. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Give the Lord a big hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. We can be rooted and established in Him. Now, I want to speak to those of you that are on the media. And I want to tell you, number one, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you need to get to the cross as fast as you can. Run, don't walk. Because time is drawing short, and we've said that for years. But what we see about our day and our hour is that we stand on the cusp of the coming of the Lord. Now, my friends, I ask you today, if you don't know Him, simply pray this prayer with me. Forgive me, Father, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I want you to heal me. I want you to heal my inner man. I'll walk with you. And I'll talk with you. I will work in my spirit man and on my spirit man through your power because of grace and the blood to make you my Lord. I will become rooted. I will become built up. My faith will be established until I make you absolutely the fullness that you have promised me that I could become. I receive you today. Thank you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, then you've been brought into the newness. But you must continue and walk in Him and receive from Him. Those of you that are out there that know the Lord, and wonder why the Christian life has been such a struggle. Well, 
I think I've explained that today. There is more to be done than just being saved. There is a deeper walk for you to walk than just coming to the cross. There is a way. There is a way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Walk into that today from this message, and you will find yourself to develop by grace and the blood, activating your faith on the works of Jesus Christ until the Holy Ghost reproduces the works of Jesus Christ in you. It's there for you. Father, minister to everyone under the sound of my voice. I pray that you will open our eyes, knock off the shackles like you did Paul, until we can look up and say, My Lord, my Lord, I thank you for it. The lovely name of Jesus Christ. Go in peace. Six o'clock tonight, 6.45 Wednesday night. May God bless you until we meet again.